0: Hello and welcome to episode 146 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast back to being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight it's time for that July crazy travel roundup. Thanks for listening. If you are a new listener welcome if you are a returning listener welcome back and like i said in the intro it is once again time for the july crazy travel roundup i think this is year three i think july is the anniversary mark of the crazy travel roundup so we'll try to pack this full of goodness this month the first question out of the gate is what do you do when the airlines does not offer food service or food service that is beyond A canned drink and a bag of pretzels or Biscoff cookies, which Biscoff cookies really are are a pretty stellar snack in my opinion. Well, then you got to do as the queen of the ratchet did of Instagram and bring not one, but two aluminum party trays full of shrimp, crab legs, crawfish, or as we like to call them, mud bugs. Picture this, two passengers, one in the aisle seat and the other in the window seat with two party size trays full of stuff that came straight from the water one tray is resting on one of the seat back trays so that's why you always want to clean the seat back trays before you rest your arms on them the other tray is safely resting on the middle seat God bless the next person that has to sit there I'm thinking grease stains and possibly some crustacean shell remnants and then the middle seat back tray is set up as a makeshift bar complete with many bottles of wine i mean these people were going at it in style and over the years i have seen a variety of food products bought onto airplanes i've seen them consumed on airplanes i remember on a flight where the lady in front of me actually had the audacity to open a can of tuna fish and start chowing down Have you ever been in the break room after somebody's had tuna fish or cooked something in the microwave? I mean, that's basically what this was. We were in this aluminum tube with the smell of tuna fish wafting through the plane. But these things happen all the time. If you happen to be departing Memphis, be prepared as there are no less than six barbecue joints, all providing TSA-compliant doggy bags and all within five miles of the Memphis airport. So do not get on a flight coming out of Memphis if you're hungry. If you're looking to get my attention, especially when it comes to airline travel, just mention that the emergency slide was deployed. After flight delayed, then canceled, passenger uses emergency exit of plane on tarmac at Charlotte Airport. This came to us from WCNC. An unnamed passenger on a flight out of Charlotte was arrested after opening the exit door of a plane while it was on the tarmac Then he climbs out onto the wing and jumps down onto the tarmac and this flight was headed from charlotte to baltimore it had been delayed two hours then eventually cancelled the plane then had the fortunate chance to sit on the tarmac another 45 minutes while waiting on a gate agent the passenger who seemed to be frustrated as probably everybody else on the plane was and was tired of waiting as probably everybody else on the plane was as well but he climbed over other passengers to get to the emergency exit. American Airlines has provided the following statement or did provide the following statement to WCNC Charlotte. After boarding was complete, American Airlines flight 2396 was canceled due to severe weather. And while waiting for the jet bridge to be repositioned, a passenger opened the overwing emergency exit and jumped onto the tarmac. The customer was immediately detained by American Airlines team members, blah, 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 blah. They went on to thank team members for their professionalism and apologized for the inconvenience. What American Airlines failed to report in my humble opinion is that most every other passenger on that flight secretly applauded the second that that slide hit the ground. It's back for the fourth month in a row. The MIA Fight Club is back. But this time, the flight actually happened as the passengers were deplaning. And I asked this, I beg to ask you this. What was the cause of the fight? Did someone step on someone's foot? Nope. Did someone touch someone inappropriately? Nope. Well, then what could it be? Well, get this. The fourth entry into the MIA Fight Club was over, a passenger who took too long to retrieve their bags from the overhead bin. And this story was all over the travel sphere. And the common theme to it all was that a racial slur was said or hurled. And then that's when the fight started. And as normal, there is video evidence of the exchange. Thank you, TikTok. And at the two minute and 58 second mark of this TikTok video that was provided by hip hop artist, Millie, Miami, no relation to Millie Vanilli that I can tell. And Millie summed it up with his comment. You can see the white man on top of the black passenger just beating him between the seats. The flight attendant got involved. The white man's wife got involved. His son, I believe, and his son's girlfriend. Everyone was just involved. So here's my take, and not sure what a the time threshold is for removing one's bag from the overhead bin. But if you drop some sort of a racial slur, that time threshold is probably not all that relevant. Following up with one last question, guess the airlines. Spirit? Ah, easy guess, but nope. American, the new Spirit Airlines? Wrong if you guess that one. It was actually Frontier Airlines. Thanks for playing. One of the handiest things I have around the house is duct tape. make all the jokes you want, but duct tape is the powerful equalizer. Case in point, woman gets duct taped to her seat after trying to open door in flight. This woman unfortunately had a mental breakdown while she was on a plane in the air and tried to open the door at the front of the plane mid flight. And in all my years of travel, I don't recall anyone being able to pull this off. guess has something to do with pressure physics who knows but i've never really heard of it successfully being done on a major jet airliner major carrier well next apparently she began attacking the crew members trying to scratch and bite them while screaming that she needs to get off the plane and side note here look we all need to get off any plane that we're on american airlines confirmed that the flight attendants had restrained the passenger until the flight safely reached its destination Sounds harmless, right? Restrained? Well, a video posted by another passenger on TikTok, TikTok coming in strong for July, showed that rather than using the typical restraints, the crew member instead taped her to her seat, even covering her mouth with duct tape to stop her screaming. And a statement from American Airlines said that the passenger had been restrained for the safety and the security of other customers and our crew. No mention of the duct tape. I'm glad that the plane at least had duct tape on it but somehow i have a feeling they call it 100 mile an hour tape and not just duct tape if you haven't figured it out by now when it comes to life actions have consequences if you tirelessly work on keeping it tight eating the right food exercise etc you stand a pretty good chance of attracting the partner that you want possibly even out kicking your coverage and if you're not familiar with the term out kicking your coverage visit Urban Dictionary. But that's a good consequences. Now, if you slam ice cream and candy bars down your pie hole, you stand a pretty good chance of attracting diabetes. Not a great consequence. And like I said, all actions have consequences. And in the case of this American Airlines passenger, the consequences were actually well-deserved. They got what they deserved. The incident started when a passenger who wasn't wearing a mask and like i said this was going to be the year when it came to air travel of maskers and vaxxers well this is happening every month and we'll talk about more of this uh this kind of uh, incidents later on but at check-in after being asked to wear a mask the woman apparently called the employee or the gate check-in person a bitch. now typically in situations like this the customer would then ask to speak with the manager, but not in this case. The manager got involved all on his own and he was brought into the loop of what was said. And then he said to the lady, it was completely uncalled for and inappropriate. You're not going to travel. We don't tolerate that crap with us at all. You can find another carrier and I suggest spirit. And of course the passenger claimed that she didn't call anybody a bitch, but other passengers heard it and let the manager quickly know, thank you all the helpers. Well, if you're a baby manager, be it retail, fast food, or HR, take these three things away from this exchange. Number one, the manager remained calm and professional. Number two, and I call this the three Bs, he didn't engage with the upset customer any longer than necessary. And the three Bs are be brief, be brilliant, and be gone, which he did. The exchange from the manager did not take much time. He didn't sit there and get into a shouting match with uh, the lady trying to get into or board the plane or or check her luggage in and number three even though the manager delivered a message that the passenger did not want to hear the fact that she was not going to be flying with them he did offer a solution he told her to fly spirit this next one comes to us from imadullard.com don't bother typing that into google there's no website that i'm aware of called that But let me set the stage. Most of us know what a snowbird is. It's the elderly, usually they're retired, who travel, live up north, travel to Florida during the winter months. So they arrive right around Thanksgiving, typically go home Christmas time for a week or so, come back after New Year's and stay somewhere right around east till Easter. Well, here in Florida, we have a term, it's called sunbird. And this is a person that lives and works in Florida and then seeks cooler temperatures in the north, especially again after retirement so enter wingo rosen age 74 who was at the fort lauderdale international airport when he approached the air canada counter to check in for his flight to toronto you see rosen is what we call a sunbird rosen was informed that there was a fee for his carry-on bag rosen then began an argument with the gate agent as of course you're supposed to do right Things for Rosen began to go sideways when he tried to pay for his bag fee in cash and was told that Air Canada is a cashless carrier. However, Rosen was advised by the gate agent that he could go to another terminal, purchase a Visa gift card, which then could be used to pay for his bag. Rosen then stated that there was a bomb in his bag and left, leaving the bag at the counter. So I'm sure you can piece together the rest of the story but it goes something like this. Terminals two, three, and five at the Fort Lauderdale International Airport were evacuated. The Broward County deputies showed up, the Broward County bomb squad showed up, and the bomb agents examined Rosen's bag, and it turned out that, yes, he had a CPAP machine in the bag, so that was keeping him alive at night. And as a reward for all of this, Rosen spent the weekend in jail, had his bail set at $20,000, and Rosen is allowed to return to Canada, but he can't do it by flying out of Fort Lauderdale Airport. Think Miami, uh, think, hey, Miami Fight Club. Maybe if Rosen comes armed with his uh, bomb slash CPAP machine, he could do some damage. Or the sleeper airport in Florida that we never hear anything about, West Palm Beach. Now I'm not a lawyer, but my suggestion is that Rosen plead guilty by reason of absolute insanity, because only an insane person would say that they have a bomb in their bag when they don't over the course of my 56 trips around the sun i've been exposed to several gates some of you might recall 1972 watergate 1980 billy gate billy uh, carter was jimmy carter's brother who was quite a character and those were good times in politics super bowl 2004 Nipplegate, gate which changed everything for everybody when it came to uh, censorship and radio and TV. 2018, we had Ubergate. Well, in 2021, we have a Diapergate. A female doctor on a four-hour flight with her child found herself where nobody ever really wants to be, and that is changing a baby's diaper in an airplane lavatory. So what did she do? She placed the soil diaper in the trash can, as most everybody would do. I know I would do it, and returned to her seat where she was very quickly approached and berated by a flight attendant for placing the poopy diaper in the lavatory trash. Flight attendant claimed it was a biohazard. Now the good doctor returned back to the lavatory and on her way asked another flight attendant for a garbage bag to place the diaper in. The flight attendant told her that throwing the diaper away in the lavatory is what one is supposed to do. I mean, what are you supposed to take it back and put it in the seat back pocket for the rest of the flight? I hope not. And so when the good good doctor confronted the initial flight attendant about it, he yelled at her and said that he did not want to deal with her. So all of this, pardon the pun, is pretty crappy. And but wait, there's more, right? We know this. There's always more. Later that evening, the initial flight attendant called the good doctor from a United Airlines 1-800 number, Howard, and told her that she had been placed on a no-fly list because of the biohazard incident and then cursed at her and said, you people bring your families everywhere. You should stop flying and just drive. And I can hear your obnoxious baby in the background right now. Now I'm often known to say, and it seems like I'm saying this almost on a daily basis, but you can't make this stuff up. And this qualifies. At first, I doubt a flight attendant possesses the power to place anyone on a no fly list so quickly, especially over a diaper, whether the diaper is clean or dirty there's got to be some forms or there's got to be something that has to be approved. And then to actually track down the good doctor's phone number, I'm sure there's some privacy violations there as well. Hopefully this flight attendant is busy updating his resume. Now, if you remember last month during the crazy June, crazy travel roundup, we had the story of a gentleman on a flight from LAX to Atlanta, and it was diverted to this one passenger. Later turned out to be a Delta flight attendant, but this one passenger created havoc mid flight. And the man that created the havoc, this Delta flight attendant was wearing a helmet for most of the flight. And like I said last month, it's odd, but it's believe it or not, not illegal to wear a helmet on a plane. Don't know if it's gonna help you in a crash, but it is still odd. So this begged me to do go down the TSA rabbit hole and find out the weird stuff that you can actually take on a plane with you. And believe it or not, here's just a small sample. First, you can take body armor, which I've never ever thought of, but you can take car parts as long as they don't have any traces of fuel. Artificial bones, shock collars. If you're flying out of uh, Orlando, you can bring your Harry Potter wand or your lightsaber. Drumsticks, not the edible kind. I guess you could bring the edible kinds, but actual drumsticks, electric blankets, a Geiger counter, and probably my favorite is live fish. I wonder what a fish feels like. If they leave one state, they're in a bag. Next thing you know, they're in another state. I wonder if they even realize it, but who knows. This next one is from the It Can't Possibly Get Any Worse department, Dateline Hawaii. A vacation on Maui turned into a rental car nightmare for the Agars of Pearl City, Hawaii. Joe Agar and his mom spent more than $1,100 to rent a car for two days. So if you do the math, that's about $550 per day. And we've talked about the rental car situation in Hawaii before. Outrageous prices, low inventory, and tourists actually renting U-Haul trucks to use as a rental while visiting. Well, it's bad enough that the, the Agors paid over 500 bucks a day for a car rental, but this is where it gets worse. The day after they arrived, someone hit their parked rental car and fled. So the agars called the police and when the police arrived they began taking all the required information as the officers walking the car he noticed the plates and told joe agar oh hey do you know you've got expired tags agar (laughs) replied oh well then the officer said sorry brah i gotta write you a ticket and the ticket was for expired registration and no insurance the registration had expired in may of 2020. this took place in july of 2021 Ace Rental Car, initially filed a claim for the accident. <laughs> However, a manager called the Agar family to apologize and promised to cancel the claim and take care of the ticket. Now, this article does bring to light a solid travel tip. Check your rental car for expired tags. And honestly, I've never done this. In 21 years of renting cars, I've never thought to walk the car to make sure that there's a, a valid rental uh, registration sticker on the plate. I usually look for deans and things like that but never checked that and i've only really had two rental car mishaps 2011 2012 i was awarded a 400 dollars speeding ticket in south of georgia it was in a construction zone and i was trying to outrun a late february snowstorm the other was 2001 i was driving through the florida mall parking lot when my rental got hit by somebody cutting across the parking lot we exchanged information and I was really kind of feeling bad. It wasn't my fault, but you know, as I'm thinking about it, as I'm rolling into the Hertz lot, I'm like, well, will Hertz, when they see the car cancel my gold membership and there wasn't a lot of damage, I think you know there may be a crinkle in the, the fender, um, but would my employer be upset? But as I was pulling into the rental lot to return mine, I looked out the passenger window to see another rental with the hood folded back, the front end absolutely crushed, and at least one flat tire. And suddenly i didn't feel so bad as we talked about earlier in the episode keeping it tight this one is from the new york post a bodybuilder accuses american airlines of banning her from flight over her attire denise saypenard d-e-n-i-z-s-a-y-p-i-n-a-r denise saypenard age 26 is a turkish bodybuilder and a fitness model who moved to the US to flex her muscles as well as her social media muscles. And during July, Denise got stuck at DFW after American Airlines flight attendants took issue with her outfit. Denise told her 1 million followers on Instagram that the crew members called her naked. She went on to claim that the flight attendant said her fashion disturbed other females at the airport. And Denise is the first non-American citizen to win the U.S. National Bikini Fitness Competition 2021. And she told her followers that she was not naked. Well, the July crazy travel roundup has been very legal focused this episode. And so for this, I will defer to the 1964 pornography case of Jacobellis versus Ohio. And this is the case where the phrase, I know it when I see it came into play. And for my take, I will apply just that. I know it when I see it. While Denise's clothing to skin ratio has skin as the dominant player, she isn't naked. And it really isn't pornographic. And many of these wardrobe malfunctions are brought to our attention due to the fact that so many of us are uncomfortable in our own skin as well as uncomfortable in our own clothing. Keeping with the legal theme, this next story just goes to prove that you can sue for most anything. Injuries from plane's aborted landing ruined North Carolina's family's last big vacation. According to the Charlotte Observer, a North Carolina family had planned a a once-in-a-lifetime vacation to Las Vegas, Hawaii, and LA in what they expected to be their last big vacation. Anytime I see the words last big vacation, immediately what I think of is these people aren't buying any green bananas in case no one is around when they ripen up, but let's continue. Things went awry when their American Airlines flight attempted to land in Vegas. The family is now suing American Airlines for more than $100,000. It seems that the turbulent landing caused the family to seek medical help as well as canceling much of their trip. This is a case of following the money or follow the aborted landing. This family of four wants 100K, that's about 25K per person for an aborted landing. First, had the pilot not decided to abort, things could have gotten a lot worse really quick. And second, 25K for an aborted landing, back up the Brinks truck because I could be close to retirement for every single time I've had a go by or fly by or an aborted landing. This next story we have talked about at least three times previous. It started back in September 20, or what do we call it now? Mid-pandemic, but we've talked about this at least three times. Well, it's back after a four-month hiatus. What's back is jetpack guy or jetpack person. And according to the LA Times, possible jetpack man inside LAX air traffic control reports. And so the jetpack person, let's just call it that. The jetpack person was spotted 15 miles east of LAX at about a 5000 foot altitude. And personally, I love air traffic controller callouts. For example, one air traffic alert was use caution, the jetpack guy is back. Another one said, use caution, there is a report of a man in a jetpack around 5000 feet in the vicinity of LA. And finishing up, one Air traffic controller just plainly asked, did you see a UFO to which the pilot responded? We were looking, but we did not see Iron Man. So whoever is jetpack person hitting the airways in July is probably not the best month to have done this. You could have waited another 30 days. The reason both Branson and Bezos took their own, for less than a better term, jetpack into space. If you spent any time listening to the podcast, you know that I like data, I like numbers. The points guy posted this stat, 85% of flight attendants say they've dealt with unruly passengers this year. CNBC added this, disputes over mask mandates and I keep telling everybody this is the year of the maskers and the vaxers. Disputes over mask mandates comprise 75% of FAA's unruly passenger complaint on planes combine those two and you have this New York Post article, airline workers taking self-defense courses to deal with unruly passengers. After watching many of the posted videos, and I'll put a link in the show notes, I can tell you that this course is far more involved than the latest sexual harassment course your HR department made you attend. This course includes practicing elbow strikes and eye gouges, That's right, eye gouges as the instructor is yelling things like, you are possibly going to die. You need to defend yourself at all costs. Now, if you've ever read any sort of a business strategy book, more than likely you'll come across a section about empowering employees. Well, this is it at its best. They are empowering these flight attendants to basically tear your eyes out if you're not cooperating or if you're being unruly. All I can say is watch out, MIA Fight Club. They're coming for you. Well, there you have it, the July Crazy Travel Roundup. If you want detailed show notes, links, pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel stories. That's podpage.com slash travel stories. Leave me a message on Anchor. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.